when I'm able to ask someone else that loves and cares for me help, you know, getting past the ego, the guilt, the embarrassment, whatever that is, and then being able to receive, I, I try to give as much as I can, but really finding the joy of receiving help and support, I think it's been pretty dang life-changing. Welcome to episode 8 of the Press Forward podcast. Thanks again for joining us, and if this is your first time with us, I hope that you find it useful. You can get this podcast each and every week by subscribing to us on iTunes or your favourite podcast player. Just use the buttons on the episode pages over at wpnop.org forward slash podcasts. Today, we're going to be hearing from Corey Miller. And this is a trigger warning that throughout this episode, we will be talking about depression and relationships. The Press Forward podcast is created by WP and Op. They're a charity working in the WordPress space to support the WordPress community. Their help is freely available at wpandop.org. We're trying to gain a better understanding of where our resources should be targeted. And if you feel able to help us, we'd love you to complete our survey. It's at wpnop.org forward slash go. Nearly 1,000 people have already done so, and it's provided some interesting information. 8% of respondents have had suicidal thoughts in the last 12 months. 47% stated that their workplace makes them feel anxious. 56% work alone. In response to this, WP and UP have provided 1,500 hours of companionship and mentorship. We've registered 3,000 new members. Over 3,500 hours have been donated by volunteers, and we've responded to 6,100 events. If you would like to support WP and UP financially, then please visit wpandop.org forward slash give. And if you would like to get involved with WP and UP, then please visit wpnop.org forward slash contact or look for the social links in the footer of the website. Sponsorship is also an option. You'll be supporting the important work that we're undertaking and you can also be featured on the podcast. The Press Forward podcast is brought to you today by Green Geeks. Green Geeks offers an awesome managed web hosting platform that's built for speed, security and scalability while being environmentally friendly. Enjoy a better web hosting experience for your WordPress website, backed by 24-7 expert support. And we thank Green Geeks for helping us put on the Press Forward podcast. So today we talk to Corey Miller. He's been at the forefront of the WordPress scene for as long as I can remember. His work at iThemes framed his success. They launched a string of popular plugins and themes and became a household name in the WordPress community. This success led to a level of notoriety within the community 
as iTheme's popularity grew. Corey was therefore in the limelight, and was rightly associated with his business successes. If you were a casual observer of Corey's life, you might think that he was having an easy time of it. The business was doing great, and his public posts and appearances cemented this idea. But as we discover in this episode, it was not all plain sailing. Underneath it all, Corey was having to work through many things that were not publicly disclosed, things that would contradict the widely held image of him. As we all know, it's really easy to bury the parts of your life that are not going well, push them down and try to ignore them. We keep aspects of our lives private, sometimes even from those who are closest to us, hoping that matters will sort themselves out if we just give them enough time. But as you will hear, Corey went through a lot and decided that it was time to talk openly about his personal struggles. He opened up and started to let people around him know what was really going on in his life. This opening up also extended to the WordPress community. He talked at WordCamps and was able to help others through his ability to share his story. Corey has, for the last couple of years, been very willing to talk about his mental health. He's been a pioneer in the WordPress space in this regard, being able to reach a wide audience as a household WordPress name. I read somewhere that he can trace his first mental health encounter to a very early age, in his classroom at school. He was not aware of what it was at this time, but looking back from where he is now it's easier to understand what happened. So I opened the discussion with Corey by asking him, if mental health concerns have been ongoing or more isolated in nature? I think it's definitely in reviewing my life, a recurring theme, I could say. When you're talking about the classroom, I think it was in fourth grade, my parents, my mom and stepdad had just uh, divorced and we moved back to our small town where our family is originally from and sitting in the classroom and feeling like, so alone in the world, being surrounded by people, but feeling alone. And, um, you know, as I look back on my life, for sure, specifically as I've tried to champion mental health awareness and in the stigma that whatever you call it, seasonal depression, depression, highs and lows in life, for sure has been a recurring thing throughout my life. From what Corey said, there were clearly stimulus which could be attributed to his depression but I wanted to know if there was always an obvious cause. Could Corey look back and confidently say that this event was a trigger for this, and another event a trigger for that? Perhaps there does not need to be a recognisable trigger at all, and the onset of his depression might have no cause at all. You know, that's a great question. I think over the last couple of years, I've started to really be even more aware that this could be you know, a genetic thing or something that I've suffered with. You know, I've read quite a bit that, you know, we all have this default setting of uh, happiness and contentment. And um, I see people that are just they like my son. He wakes up just smiling and happy in the world. And I'm like, I want to kind of turn over and go back to sleep. 
So I don't know. In the past couple of years, I'll tell you, I've, wor- I've wondered more and more about depression specifically in my life. I think it has been triggered maybe by external events that have deep internal moorings, you know, M- may have, you know, I'm not a psychologist by any means, but may have triggered some things that m- maybe I felt earlier in my life. So that, that's a really good question. I think there is some genetic bearing to it and then also external events and how I handle them. So Corrie has come to believe that there are several components which cause his depression. He describes some of it as genetic, but other causes might be wrapped up in his environment. I've heard that people can attribute their mood to the weather. Perhaps Corrie has experience of this. Yeah, when you you said the weather, for sure, we had, uh, it feels like months of just gloomy, cold, and I was like, you know, I just want some sunshine. And then we had about a week or two of just really nice sunshine. And I thought, oh, man, that I felt my mood kind of lift a little bit. So Corey mentioned his fourth grade class. And clearly, he's long out of school. So I wanted to know if his depression had been a regular feature of his life, off and on periodically, or did it hide itself for extended periods of time, only returning more recently? Yeah, it's. I've, I've definitely struggled more with it in the last, uh, I'd say, eight eight years. Specifically, when I talk about in 2010 and 11, going through a divorce, walking into a counselor's office for the first time in a while, and kind of running down a battery of questions, and you know, saying I was suffering from depression. That's happened several times since then. Um, went through that battery and go, okay, yeah, I'm I'm suffering with depression. You know, I think of it as maybe perhaps seasonal depression, but definitely triggered by some events. So, but in answer to your question, is it's definitely got more intense in the last eight years. I would say a lot of life changes, kids, marriage, divorce, all that kind of stuff, uh, selling the business, you know, the the kind of things that, that we call midlife. Uh, I wouldn't say a crisis, but the struggle of midlife. I'm 43 now. Definitely have been more tense, intense in the last years. No doubt, at some point in the past, you've reflected upon the idea that what someone sees might not be the same as what you yourself see. How do you know that other people see red or green as the exact same colour as you do? I guess that we could extend this to emotions and feelings too. How do we know that one person's experience of happiness is the same experience that you have? The same could be said for depression. So I wanted to know what Corey actually feels like when he's experiencing depression. You know, looking around and going, if you just take an assessment of life, it, particularly my life, uh, I felt like I've got everything I've ever wanted. And then going, why don't I feel happy at the moment? And this, this kind of odd insight or reflection of I've got everything and then something just doesn't feel right uh, inside. You know, just just walking in life and then realizing, especially with my partner, Lindsay, realizing she's seen something I'm not seeing and then trying to understand that. You know, I think I'm a very, very introspective person. I've read recently that that perhaps is not the best to my well-being and, and mental health, um, specifically in a book called Insight about self-awareness, and that uh, maybe I've caused myself to be even more miserable. But 
balancing it off other people in my life when they can see and I kind of gauge, okay, something may not be just working right. I've heard specifically as I've been more vocal about my own story and heard others and compare and go, okay, it doesn't feel like that where there's a weight. It's just this, I don't know, more sunken uh, feeling at the time. And of course, I'm still pretty good at putting on a good face and trying to shield and hide what I'm actually probably feeling. So, and then of course, there's all kinds of terrible uh, (laughs) ways to cope with it that I have not always been the best about abstaining from. But, you know, specifically in the last couple of months, uh, reading up on cognitive behavioral therapy and reading a couple of books and going, okay, so there's some triggers associated with some of the bad habits, for instance, alcohol, I'll say, and really reviewing what are those moments that the triggers and the urges. And I think it's really going back to what I alluded to earlier is that feeling of being alone, um, wanting to distract myself, whether that's boredom or whatever it is. And I, I think those particular triggers that, you know, just don't feel very good. For anyone who has identified that they are dealing with depression, there must have been a moment in time when they decided that this was something to understand and possibly get support with. But there are also likely to be many people who have not yet identified their depression. Perhaps they know that there's something there, something they need to work through, but they have not yet made a decision to seek support. I wondered if Corey had any advice for these people based upon his own experiences. Yeah, my strong advice, the thing I have to even tell myself is that we don't have to suffer in solitude. There's so many of us, I think, and I've been to the experience where I've you know, built my own cage of solitude and suffering. And then the realization that I don't have to do that, that I can reach out and seek and get help and support. That I don't have to do it all by myself or feel, feel alone and like I'm burdening anyone. Reaching out and getting getting support and help is the biggest thing. It's something I still have to encourage myself to do, by the way. And I've got, you know, people in my life that help me. Hey, Corey, maybe it's time to go talk to someone kind of thing. But I think that's the one recurring message I want to share is that uh, you don't have to suffer in solitude, that you can reach out and find and get and seek help and support. Corey talked about building his own cage of solitude and suffering. I usually associate cages with prisoners, people who have had their freedom taken from them, still alive but not in full control of their own destiny, stymied, stifled. Is this what it feels like to Corey? That's great you picked that up is because I do feel like I put myself in solitary confinement probably around that 2010-2011 phase when I was going through some really tough times in my marriage and the people that loved me most did not know. You know, I purposely did not share some of the things that were he- heading out until it it ended. And um, the shock for my own parents, for instance, were my first phone calls and were very shocked and surprised that 
you know, what I had been going through because I had put myself into that cage of solitary confinement. So I realized that about myself that I do, you know, there's probably a myriad of reasons why I would do something like that. But I realized my tendency is to hide things and then build that kind of uh, cage around myself. So but now my wife, Lindsay, won't let me do that. (laughs) I'm pretty good at that, but she just knows my BS and won't won't allow me to do that. Corey can now speak of these moments of locking himself away with great clarity. He now has an understanding of what he was doing. But that's all in the past. And we all know that thinking after the fact is easier than in the moment. So I wanted to find out if Corey had any understanding at the time that he was locking himself away. Yeah, I think... uh... I just gotten good at doing it where I was aware somewhere in there I was doing it, whether it was a self-defense mechanism or feeling of, you know, pride and ego and not wanting to share the embarrassing truth of what was going on. You know, I got very good at curating a very good public kind of image and persona over the years. And then when the reality was, you know, I was hurting inside. When Corey was coping with depression, I wondered if he was resentful that this was happening to him. Not all people have this in their lives, and it's easy to feel that other people have it better than we do. The grass is always greener, you might say. Did Corey ever experience resentment that he was suffering from depression, whilst others were not? I don't think so. I don't think so because I do, I'm pretty cynical. So when I do see somebody just joyously happy, I think, you know, there's always, we're always wrestling with something to realize that everybody's got things going on, you know, no, no scenario is perfect. So I think I'm pretty cynical if somebody's like joyously happy all the time to go, okay, what's really kind of going on? But that's just my own depravity probably. One of the things that Corey mentioned earlier was how he benefited from sharing stories about his depression with other people. Taking that step, telling people who you trust about this can be of great help, but plucking up the courage to do it can be hard. I wondered if Corey's decision to share had come from himself, or had other people helped him to open up. Well, I'd been to counseling several times throughout my life. And then when uh, it was actually my lawyer who said, uh, you need to go, you need to go talk to somebody and gave me the name for the the counselor I've had for eight, nine years now. And so, um, yeah, yeah, that that's how that all came about. I'm very thankful for now. I've got that relationship with the counselor where I can call and make an appointment pretty much on a very short notice. Uh, we've actually used him, you know, when we were out of state, called in and talked talked with him. So having that kind of lifeline to a professional, it's been absolutely critical. But it was at the advice of my uh, lawyer at the time. Seeking help from a professional counsellor can be a real source of support. They are a person removed from your everyday friend network. Someone who can listen without judgement. Yet, For some, it's a hard decision to call up a counsellor and make that first appointment. Knowing that Corey did, could he tell us whether he thinks counsellors are a useful resource? 
Oh, it's so much easier for me to be able to go and dump my uh, my garbage, so to speak, on a professionally trained and licensed professional. I give the you know the example of like if I were to share some of the things I share with my counselors to some of my family, it'd be a little bit hard at Thanksgiving to say pass the cranberries. But they, they, for one, you know, my family's not trained to help me with those things. The other thing is there's some, uh, you know, when I talk about that, the iceberg and that on top is our public life and below the surface are the things that we all deal with. I don't say you should broadcast those things. I think that we just should not deal with those things in solitude. There's professionally trained and licensed counselors out there in the world. Um, there's key support people that we can lean on to instead of suffering in solitude. I might disclose to some very close friends and family, you know, I'm suffering with depression at the moment or whatever particular issue that I'm challenged with, but not maybe go into big detail, you know, and I think that's more to say there's trained people that have years of experience dealing with these. And then to realize my friends and family might not have that. And also, uh, so maybe being aware of the issue to my friends and families, just so they understand what I'm going through, but not, you know, unpack all of it with them. My wife is actually studying right now to be a mental health counselor. She's got a couple years to go. So, but still, I think, you know, I'll still go to a separate counselor and therapist when I'm working through, issues because I, I you know I think some of that doesn't all need to be unpacked with friends and family but there's an awareness that you're going through something even though talking about mental health is becoming more common we've still got a long way to go for a variety of reasons some people still find it difficult to share their own stories reach out for support and even listen to other people relate their own experiences some people are able to speak, others are not. Yet, does Corey think that people talking about their own mental health is good for all people, all of the time? There, there's a trend going on, and it's a good one, which is where more and more people are talking openly about mental health and its vital, vitalness to, I don't know, happiness and, and living life on this planet. And so I love that because the more and more of us talk openly about it, we normalize the conversation. You know, when you were asking about talking to friends and family, there are still, even though they love me dearly, that are uncomfortable if I were to say, hey, I've struggled with depression. I don't think they'd know how to act or react to that. And that's part of the, I think, the work that needs to be done that to normalize the conversation, to provide a language around it about how you can talk with someone who is maybe suffering from depression or some other mental health uh, or illness. And, you know, we just don't have that, all of that language right now, I think, to understand. And it's the people that have never felt maybe that kind of depression, the sting, the, you know, dealt with mental illness that don't understand it as much. And I just go, well, just wait a little bit because life happens and you'll, they'll, they'll, there's just struggles as part of life. And I think, so the more and more we talk about it, I, I'm, that's why I share my story. I don't share it for therapeutic reasons. That's what I do in private with my own therapist. I share it because I want to end the stigma. I want to normalize the conversation so that we can talk more openly about it so that we don't have people you know, suffering in solitude. 
One of the themes that keeps coming up in this young podcast is the impact that modern life has on our mental health. The always on, always available attitude in which you feel adrift without a mobile device. This is something that people in the WordPress space need to be particularly mindful of. So I pose the question to Corey as to whether he thought our modern lives are a contributing factor in people's mental health. I think it's for sure making it worse. You know, we have all of this connection and technology that should theoretically help us be more uh, human to each other. And then, you know, we see from studies and research out there that uh, it's actually detracting from our mental health. So I think there is a cultural angle too, for sure, going on that we've said it's not good to talk about our feelings. We've ostracized people because they talk about their feelings. But I think that's starting to change a little bit to understand that people are really wrestling with things. So technology for sure has the ability to help us, (laughs) could help us. But I think, you know, we've seen by and large, it's potentially detracting from it. I mean, I'm guilty of it. I'll, I'll be sitting there with my kids and realize that. I can't have a moment where I just don't, I'm just sitting there, you know? I brought my son to uh, one of the government services agencies we have here, the tax commission, and we were having to wait. And I was really finding myself fighting myself not to look at my phone, but to talk to him. <laughs> so that's part of it. I think there's another there's another side to this too, which is, you know, if you look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs and the, the pyramid is that we live in one of the most if not the most prosperous time in history, we have access, you know, to food, water. Now we're connected through technology that we said, I've got a truck that I can drive virtually anywhere I want to go. So, you know, but I think we're not fully equipped as humans to understand, okay, all these blocks, you know, safety, uh, security, all those things are kind of taken care of. When we go up the pyramid, I think in my own experience, I've wrestled with that, of what is meaning and purpose in life. That's been my struggle, specifically as I've gotten older, had success and perhaps climbed the pyramid, so, so to speak, and not have a lot of worries down down period. Now, I always, now I always have the, we always have those kinds of, kinds of concerns, but you know, I don't know if we're adept or equipped to properly deal with the prosperity we've we've held. Not it's crazy to say, but when you're down down on the pyramid and just worried about your next meal, you don't have time or room to think about the bigger what's my meaning what's the meaning of life? What is my purpose of my life? But as I've experienced success materially, you know, it's it's been that wrestle. There's a um the creator of the Dilbert cartoons. He's got a fantastic book, but, you know, he talks about as people have scaled the pyramid, what's the first thing they do? You know, we think about the rich billionaire type philanthropists out there. They start thinking about how to help people down down the pyramid. You know, you see Bill Gates uh, helping with poverty and different things af- in Africa, across the world is different issues. And I, I'll tell you, going up the pyramid, there is a struggle there. And I think, you know, my kids are going to have have been born into a world where they won't have to worry about where water comes from, more or less, uh, food. They'll, they've got, you know, a family that has, you know, modest means, but money to buy clothes and things that they might need. Whereas, you know, my, my uh, mother was a single mom raising kids and was, you know, earning minimum wage at different parts where we always had food on the table, but 
uh, we weren't by any means wealthy. And and so I think that's the other part to this is, you know, we've got a lot more room and time to think about what is the meaning of life? What is my purpose in life? And I think that's a that's a struggle for some. I've seen some entrepreneurs specifically go through that where, you know, overnight, so to speak, they probably don't have to worry about money for the rest of their life. And that's that's a struggle that most of us don't, I don't think, are equipped. Me specifically haven't been. Earlier in the podcast, Corey talked about some of the things that he does. People who he sees to assist him in achieving his mental health goals. I guess that we all try to find a way to get into a routine which helps us. Some thing that we can rely on and reproduce over and over. But did Corey find that his strategies always worked? Or did they sometimes fail him, leaving him to rethink? Specifically in the last couple of years, something I haven't shared publicly, I, I talk about 2010, 2011, and it's in the past for me, those wounds have healed, um, and I share those for specific reasons. But, you know, in the last couple of years, I think probably one thing that has stuck out is that I, I did not ever take, you know, medicine, suppressants. And in the last couple of years, have have very uh, much thought about that. In fact, I had a conversation with my medical provider uh, about a year ago specifically about that to say, okay, you know, should, should I, is this something I should actually think through? So that's probably something where uh, having a conversation with a counselor, having people in my life that love me, support me, they know what I'm going through, and then also going, maybe it's not getting better and I need to go to a different particular solution, like for instance, an antidepressant. Corey's mental health has occupied him for many years. People who go to see a medic are often looking for answers. The cure that means that they no longer have any symptoms. But mental health is more complex than that. I asked Corey if he viewed this as a journey with a final destination where he would never again experience depression, or whether this was more of an ongoing journey. It's a lifelong journey for me. Um, I won't speak to others, but for me, I mean, it's a lifelong journey. I think the moment that I say, oh, I will reach some kind of end to this success, let's say, or something, that I'll have conquered it, is probably the time that I will underestimate its power. So it's a forever journey for me. It's something that once, if I ever think for a moment I've licked it, I think that's when I'll probably fall flat on my face, and I have fallen flat on my face. Definitely a lifelong journey. We often talk about all of the things that we're going to do to help our mental health, and I stress the word do. But there's also a lot of things that we should perhaps stop doing. Things that we should forego in order to help us. I wondered if there had been a cessation of something which Corey had found to be of benefit you know, I haven't completely stopped drinking alcohol, but I know its effects. It just makes everything worse. It's just a cascading problem. So I, I know and I've very clearly identified that that is, does not help specifically with depression and mental health challenges that I might face. So that for sure, being identified that is is, is big. And then, you know, 
making sure what I've stopped doing, I guess I could put this under this category, is stop being in uh, situations or relationships that are toxic. Um, I've been in those at several parts of my life, and I've seen the effect of it. And then being able to say no, it's enough, set down boundaries to those. I, I won't say I'm perfect at it, but I'm very vigilant about making sure I'm not in a toxic, any kind of toxic relationship. Along with the things that we might stop doing, I asked Corey whether there are places that he insulates himself from areas that he chooses not to go to because of the impact they have on him. It's uh, it's hard for me to go back home to where my, my hometown, which is about an hour and a half from here. It, it's hard for me sometimes to go home, although I have gone home, uh, just because there's memories that, you know, I'll drive by our old house and start going down that thread a little bit and thinking it's just not it's not healthy. I've got I've got a great family kiddos, amazing wife, home, uh, work that is so good that I don't really need to wallow in some of those memories. And then to see some of my loved ones um, age is, is, is tough. Now, I'm not abandoning them, um, but it is something I've told my wife. I said, every time I go back home, man, I just kind of, it, it takes me a while to kind of recover from that because it's just seeing, reliving some of the old memories that, you know, I just rather not relive. And uh, and then also seeing, you know, people that I love very much um, get old. To round off the conversation, I asked Corey if he could distill some wisdom that he's gained over the years, some discovery that he made, which he found valuable meaningful and share it with us i think when i'm able to ask someone else that loves and cares for me help you know getting past the ego the guilt the embarrassment whatever that is and then being able to receive i I try to give as much as i can but really finding the joy of receiving help and support i think it's been pretty dang life-changing it's still not easy i'd rather give help and support than get help or ask for help and support but you know finding that connection with other humans that just love you and care for you i think has been for sure life-changing for me and something that had i not suffered with some of the things we've talked about may have never gotten that opportunity because of pride or whatever it is so you know having that human connection is pretty special Remember that WP and Op are here to help you. Visit wpandop.org. The Press Forward podcast is brought to you today by Green Geeks. Green Geeks offer a specially engineered platform that gives WordPress users web hosting that is designed to be the fastest, most secure and scalable hosting available in multiple data centers. Their WordPress hosting makes deploying and managing WordPress websites easy with automatic one-click install, managed updates, real-time security protection, SSD RAID 10 storage arrays, power cacher, and expert 24-7 support to make for the best web hosting experience. And we thank Green Geeks for their support of the Press Forward podcast. That's it for this week. Please let us know if you're enjoying the podcast, if you're finding it useful or helpful. 
you can reach out to us at wpandop.org forward slash contact. Remember that there's a serious point to all of this though, and that is that WP and Op is here to provide help and support. That help is available to you or people that you know and can be accessed at the wpandop.org website. Please spread the word about this new podcast. Tell your friends and subscribe on iTunes or your favourite podcast player. Together, we can hashtag press forward. <laughs>